Welcome, everybody, to our podcast. Uh, we call it From the Preacher Study. And uh, I'm, my name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. We have Kevin Clark with us, as always, uh, my colleague. And uh, we're studying from, uh, from the scriptures. We're trying to talk a little bit about pursuing holiness mm-hmm. and developing holiness in our lives. Right. God is a holy God, and He requires His people to pursue holiness. We've looked at several passages that encourage that and and we're looking at some specific areas some specific problem areas mm-hmm. in which we need to to develop holiness maybe we need to uh, confront some problems in our own lives and deal with those and eliminate some of those problems so that we can cultivate that characteristic of holiness in our lives as children of God and so we last week we uh, talked about deception and mm-hmm. lying mm-hmm. and intentionally misleading people, leaving them with the wrong idea. And we're going to continue that today. And so hope that uh, you'll listen very closely to what we have to say today. And that will in some way be encouraging to us as we talk about this really pervasive issue. Kevin, anything you want to say by way of introduction today? Well, we're very happy to have everybody again supporting the study and participating. We want to encourage people to get the word out to your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, fellow students. Uh, just, it's always a good thing to have the Word of God out there. We've gotten so much good feedback. We think we've got about the right length. It's not, it shouldn't be intimidating. I think it's accessible. And uh, if you want to enrich your life with some Bible study on a regular basis, it's a good way to do it. We're not suggesting that this ought to supplant your own personal study, but it's something to add to what you're already doing. And we want to uh, do as we always do and thank our deacons for helping us out here, Jason and Uh, Mark, who have been here with us all throughout this process, appreciate their technical expertise and the sacrifices both they and their family make to make this program possible. One of the things I've been wanting to talk a little bit about or touch on just a little bit is just the idea that we can communicate uh, to one another. It's just it's just an amazing Mm -hmm. thing. It is the idea that the the ability to communicate the thoughts that are in my head Mm -hmm. to to you or to Mm -hmm. others through the use of of words. Right. Uh, it's a wonderful gift that God has given us, the ability to communicate mm-hmm. to, to each other. And uh, we can do so much good right. with that ability. It's, it's a unique ability among the human race. Yeah. And we know that, that animals can communicate to sure. some degree, but right. not in nearly as developed a way as right. God has given us the ability to. And there's so much good that we can do with that ability. Mm-hmm. We can encourage each other and build Mm -hmm. each other up and comfort each other Mm -hmm. we can spread the gospel we Mm -hmm. can sing praise so many good things it's unfortunate that people pervert it and distort this gift and use it for nefarious purposes and we were talking about one of those purposes Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about lying and Mm -hmm. and being deceitful and so let's let's get into our our discussion today what we want to do is just take a look at some lies in the Bible. And mm-hmm. there there are a number of yes. them. It doesn't take you very long to work up a, right. a pretty lengthy list of uh-huh. uh, people that lied in the Bible. But I want to start with John chapter 8 mm-hmm. and verse 44. Jesus is in controversy here uh, in dialogue with some that are opposing him. And he says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. Mm-hmm. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. He's a liar and the father of lies. And so he's the, he's the source of lying. Lying mm-hmm. is in the world because right. 
Satan is the father, the, right. the origin of lying. Mm-hmm. And so when we lie, right. when we deceive people, right. we're really sort of drinking from the yeah. fountain of Satan right. and, and the devil. And, you know, if, if for no other reason, we, we want to avoid lying because we, we, don't, we don't want to drink from that fountain. We Absolutely. want to pursue holiness. And so with that in mind, let's, let's go back all the way back to the beginning, Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 3, mm-hmm. and look at the first incident of deception mm-hmm. in the Bible. So in Genesis chapter 2, God has placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He's told them that they may eat of every tree in the garden with the exception of one. Mm-hmm. They're not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see right. that back in chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Right. And, and they're told that in the day that you eat from it, mm-hmm. you will surely die. Mm-hmm. And then Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes along and he tempts the woman and he says in verse 1, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. Now, the serpent says, You shall not mm-hmm. surely die. Mm-hmm. God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the woman saw the fruit, saw that it was good. It was a delight to the eyes. Mm -hmm. It was desired to make one wise. And so Mm -hmm. she took it and ate it. And so what's the deception there, Kevin? Let's talk about uh, what the devil, what Satan has told the woman there. Well, it's interesting because if you know the story, there are elements of truth mixed in with elements of falsehood and deceit. So if, if you were looking at the death sentence, you will surely die in the day that you eat of it. Well, They did not just fall over dead the minute that they did that or the day that they did that. That did not happen. Uh, He also says that their eyes will be opened. And in fact, the scriptures say that that did happen, that their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. In verse 6, it says she also gave her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And so to a certain extent, that was true. It said you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Uh, Certainly they were not like God in all aspects of God, but that one aspect of being able to discern between good and evil, they didn't have that before. Now they do. And one indication of that is later when God comes walking through the garden, they hide themselves. Why? Because they know they're naked. And then God says, well, who told you you're naked? So they have that knowledge. So there are elements of it that are true. But really what he's trying to suggest is you can do this and get away with it. You can do this and there won't be any punitive consequences. You can do this and everything will be fine. And that's not what happened at all. There were terrible punitive consequences, not only for Adam and Eve themselves, but also for the human race because sin was introduced into the world. With sin came death. Uh, and with that, that spread to all men eventually. Uh, the curses upon woman in terms of childhood and how difficult bringing uh, a child to full term would be. Uh, the difficulty the man would have in terms of working. He always had a responsibility to work, but it was going to become a lot more difficult. All of that because they fell prey to the lie. But, you know, he, he basically had some truth in there. They weren't going to die instantly in a term to cease to exist. But they did die in the sense of two things. One, God said, uh, as the curse in verse 19, uh, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And so there was a death sentence that was declared then, and they were also taken out of the Garden of Eden because the Lord said, lest they take of the fruit of the tree of life and eat and live forever. But then also there was a separation spiritually between them and God. So there was spiritual death. So he was playing on words. 
Did they die? Did they not die? He says, oh, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. Well, they did die, but maybe not in the sense that the devil was trying to lead Eve to think. But the bigger deception, I think, is really trying to say, you can do this with impunity. You can get away with this. There are not going to be any consequences. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. There were some disastrous consequences. I I remember being taught, uh, you know, the half-truth is the most dangerous kind of lie. Yes. And that's kind of what you have here. You have an element of truth. It's Mm -hmm. sort of half-truth, but it's not altogether true. And why is that so dangerous? Well, there's enough truth in it to make it believable. Exactly. And so we've really got to be careful about that. Right. Of course, it's the falsehood that corrupts the statement. There's enough truth in it to make it believable. Right. And, of course, the woman was responsible, and her mm-hmm. husband was responsible, for not discerning right. this to be a falsehood. Right. They were held accountable and held responsible. So we're, we're responsible for being able to distinguish truth from error, even that error that has a little bit of truth in it. And so right. this serves as, as a good warning for us. You know, one other thing I'd say to too that uh, it seems uh, later on when there's First uh, Timothy 11 through 12, when there's some instruction given by Paul about women versus men in terms of teaching, it seems to be the woman was deceived, and, and implication maybe the man wasn't deceived, but both of them were held responsible because at the end of the day they sinned, right? They did right. what was wrong. But you're right about the deception part. She certainly was swept away by that, and she was held accountable. Right. And so, how how what could they use? to identify this as a falsehood. Mm-hmm. Well, what God had told them. Exactly. And so that's why we want, we want to use what God mm. has told us in the Word to be able to, in, in a religious sense, and that's then right. when it comes to doctrinal matters, right. to be able to discern right from wrong and good and good from evil. Absolutely. Well, let's look at another instance. Let's yeah. go a little bit further into the to the Old Testament, okay. uh, to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Yes, yes, And yes, yes. Uh, this is in the story of Abraham. Uh-huh. Remember Abraham was told by God to leave his home in Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land that God would show him. And that ends up being the land of Canaan. Uh And he he goes there and God tells him, you know, this is the land that I'm going to give you. He had also promised to make of his descendants a great nation and that through his seed or his offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And so those three major promises made to Abraham in this passage. Well, a famine occurs in the land of Canaan while Paul, uh, Abraham is there. And so he goes down into Egypt mm-hmm. and uh, the, he, he makes a plan with his wife, Sarah. He's a little bit of afraid what might happen to him down there. He's afraid that the Egyptians will see his wife, mm-hmm. Sarah, how mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. she is mm-hmm. and take her right. and kill him. Right. And so, you know, if they think that you're my wife, they'll kill me and take you. So he comes up with this idea this this uh this this plan and uh, say he tells sarah say that you're my sister right and uh that way maybe it'll spare our lives mm-hmm. well what's wrong with that well it, it and it's so funny we did this on the heels of genesis 3 because it's another half truth i mean technically she was his sister he says later on genesis 20 we'll get to that that we have the same father we don't have the same mother uh, and so the problem is what he left out. He wanted to give the perception that we're only brother and sister and there's nothing else, when in actuality, they were husband and wife. And, and that was driven by, as you said, this fear that what are these guys going to do to me if they know the truth, which is this is my wife. Right. And that's the problem with that. Of course, one of the problems with that, too, is it shows a lack of faith 
uh, in God because, as you just said, God had made promises to them at a time when they had no children. And the only way those promises could come true is they'd have to be alive long enough to have children. So that in and of itself should have told them, you know what, I can go to Egypt and I can be down here and I can identify her as my wife and God's going to take care of me. I'm not going anywhere. So the consequences of this are were really bad for they Pharaoh. Were. Pharaoh they ends were. up taking Sarah, thinking that she's eligible, yep. not understanding she's not eligible, that she's already married. So she right. he takes her and God strikes him yes. uh, with... Um, with with this with plagues, and so anyway, it all comes out that uh, uh, Sarah is actually Abraham's wife, and he said, well, says in verse eighteen, yes, "Why didn't you tell me exactly, she was your wife? Exactly. Why'd you say she's my sister?" What's interesting, Genesis twenty, even mm-hmm. though all these bad things happen, Abraham does it again. He does in Genesis chapter twenty, <laughs> and that's where we find that she is yeah. his half sister. Right, right. right. Uh, and so, like like we've said. Abraham is afraid of the consequences, right. uh, afraid of what might happen. You ever you ever seen anybody do that? Oh, absolutely. They, they, absolutely. they uh, uh, kind of uh, fudge on the truth a little right. bit. Right, uh, Maybe spin it a little bit uh-huh. or uh, conceal a little bit of the truth right. in order to avoid some unpleasant consequences. Yeah, it happens a lot in the workplace. Maybe somebody makes a mistake. Uh, maybe somebody fails to do something they were tasked to do, forgot to do something. And whether rather than own up to that, then they misrepresent the truth. And they say, well, this couldn't have been done or somebody else is supposed to do it. Just they come up with a lie. And so we need to be careful when we are in difficult circumstances and we fear what the truth will do. That's when Satan is going to be after us. We need to be real careful and just own up to it. If you made a mistake, if you did something wrong, you forgot to do something. It's not the first time people have done that. Just own up to it. You know, we can work through that. What we right. can't work through is the character flaw when you start lying about right. it. Right. So let me ask you, Kevin, is what Abraham said, was it true? She's my sister. Was it true? Technically. Technically it was. Okay. she was. Yeah. So you can technically tell the truth, <laughs> but your intention is to deceive. That's right. You've, you've lied. That's right. And so what we want to do is just, is just be honest and above board and straightforward and tell what is true. And... You know, we, we hope the consequences won't be severe, but trust in God that he's going to take care of us That's right. when we tell the truth. We, we may suffer. It may be, like you said, that we've made a mistake or right. we've maybe done something wrong. But if we can tell the truth, mm-hmm. that's much better in the long run, if not right. the short run. The long run is much better than trying to cover up what we've done wrong. Well, one of the things this illustrates, too, and we've talked about this, is the harm that you do other people when you lie. Because you're putting out deliberately bad information, misinformation, and then people act upon that. And Pharaoh's a prime example of that. Because of the deception, he thought this woman's available, and so he went after her to his own hurt because the Lord uh, rained down plagues. So you see how he was hurt by Abraham lying, and there were consequences that other people had to bear. And that's oftentimes the case. We put things out there, and then people rely upon that to their detriment. I think that's one of the reasons why it says in Hebrews 4, I mean, Ephesians 4, therefore put away lying, each man speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. There's an idea that we have obligations to each other to tell the truth so that people can make decisions based on the truth that we're putting out there. Because if we're putting bad information out there, decisions are only as good as the information they're based on. We're hurting others by leading them to make bad decisions. Right. And the truth comes out, doesn't it? It does. And here in Genesis chapter 12, <laughs> Abraham's trying to avoid telling people that Sarah is his wife. Well, the, right. the truth eventually comes it out. And I'm sure that's 
very frequently Absolutely. the case. You know, Absolutely. You, you couldn't say it's always the case, right. I suppose. But very but often. very often, eventually, because the consequences are severe and people begin to wonder what happened, exactly. what went wrong. Right. I thought you told me that. Yes. And now the truth has to come out. And so that's why you say it's better to be honest, get mm -hmm. the truth out there first, and uh, then you can avoid all kinds of unpleasant consequences. That's right. Uh, in your you know in, in your life. Amen. Well, it looks like our time's out, Kevin. <laughs> well, we got two examples. Yeah, well, we got two examples. Maybe we'll touch on some more in our right. next session. But it uh, looks like our time's out. But uh, I hope this is is helpful to us. Maybe it makes us think a little bit about the way we handle difficult situations. Right. right. You know, uh, Proverbs chapter six and verse sixteen. Mm -hmm. One of the things that the Lord hates is a false witness right. that utters lies. Nobody appreciates a liar. That's right. God doesn't. Uh, respect a liar. Really, human beings don't respect liars. That's, right. I mean, that's really a heinous kind of thing to be known as. And so, what we want to do is we we want to be truth tellers, even if it's right. even if it hurts us to some degree for a short period of time. In that's the long right. run, yes. Just uh, uh, the the fact that we are known as someone who's reliable and trustworthy and will tell the truth. Right. That's going to work to our benefit. And so anyway, we, we hope we said some things that will help us see that. And we'll continue the discussion next time. Appreciate everybody being with us today. Kevin, would you like to lead us sure. in closing prayer? Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you so very thankful you seem fit to wake us up today and give us the breath of life and give us the opportunity to yet again serve you. We trust and hope that we have served you in a way that has made you proud and brought glory and honor to thy name. We're so very thankful for this avenue we have whereby we can study your word and present it to those who have tuned in, uh, taken time out of their busy schedules to hear the word of God, to study along with us, to think through these things and apply the teachings to their lives. We want to be holy for you are holy and we are pursuing holiness because without which we will not see you. And we hope that we have done something today to kind of promote holiness uh, in the lives of your children. Please help us to be truth tellers. Please help us to put away lying. Please help us to, even under those very difficult circumstances where telling the truth may uh, cost us severely, may cost us a job, may cost us some opportunities, may cost us some friendships, may cost us some trust. But if it's the truth, it needs to be exalted, it needs to be presented, it needs to be told, and then we trust that uh, you will take care of us under those circumstances. Whatever we fear, whatever the worst case may be, you'll see us through. It's much better for us to tell the truth than to tell lies and uh, to partake of uh, the devil's plan and be children of the devil. We ask that you would be with us to help us to be more honest in our dealings uh, with one another and our families, with our children, with our husbands, wives, uh, with our co-workers in the workplace, uh, with uh, our kids and as they interact with each other in school and with our teachers. And as we just go around our day-to-day -day lives, our random encounters with others, that again, we'd be known as truth tellers, people who are reliable and dependable. The things we say, uh, we mean what we say, we say what we mean, and we're honest. We're not trying to deceive people. We may be mistaken at times. We may be wrong. Uh, but not because of intent. That's just because of misinformation, and that happens. But let us strive to be intentionally true in the things that we say. Please continue to be with us and bless us. Bless all those who hear, study, and practice your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.